Dr. Amalia Ganyas-Malka, welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Joining us today on the line is the newly appointed president of Kasatu, the Congress of South African Trade Unions, who is also the organization's first female president, Ms. Zingiswa Lozi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me and also I'm greeting your listeners. Thank you so much. First of all, congratulations on your new appointment. Thank you so much. I saw a quote on your bio page on the Kasatu website, which I think is very reflective of your achievement. And I quote, I would love to see women taking their rightful place in the Federation, not for the purposes of achieving gender equity, but for the transformation of the broader society. This will go a long way towards eradicating the patriarchal tendencies that still exist in our society. So, given your new role, how do you feel about your accomplishment? Uh, indeed, uh, it is such a humbling experience, but o- overwhelming, uh, particularly when you make reference to that quote that I made in 2009, when I got elected into the position of the second deputy president in the Federation. And for me, it is not just an achievement for myself, but it represents an achievement for all women in our country, but also uh, uh, across our borders uh, in South Africa and in the continent at large. It also breaks the barriers uh, and the feelings that have been placed uh, by men in society, believing that women's place has only limitations to what they can be able to do in terms of what society uh, expects of us. So indeed, I must say that this is such a a humbling experience, but I hope that women will be able to take it forward and use it as a step uh, towards the total uh, emancipation of women in our country. I think it's a fantastic achievement and as you said this is about setting the tone, setting the direction, becoming an example to women to take action effectively as as a role model. Now, reflecting for a moment, the Congress of South African Trade Unions was launched in 1985 and at its inception it represented less than 500,000 workers organized in 33 unions and currently, I believe the organization has over 2 million members. Could you please tell us more about some of the strategic objectives of COSATU? Uh, COSATU's current membership exists at one point, uh, almost 1.7 million. And uh, the, the strategic objectives of the Federation is, amongst others, to uh, unite workers of this country uh, within the Federation itself, uniting the working class and, and international solidarity to workers across uh, the continent and internationally in other countries. So, uh, and also it is to, to, to also liberate uh, workers, in particularly women, from the triple challenges that women are facing of uh, uh, inequality, poverty and unemployment. So it is those are the strategic objectives of our federation. 
can you tell us a little bit more in terms of the dynamics from working with our, or rather working with your counterparts in Africa? Uh, working in Africa, I must also make mention that I'm also the president uh, of the Southern African Trade Union Coordinating Council, SATUK, uh, which is based in Botswana, its offices, where we are coordinating the work of all federations or most federations in the in the in the in the Sadex uh, region, uh, and I must say that a lot needs to to be done uh, when you are to then go and deal with the issues in uh, in Africa, particularly with regard to the issues of women. Uh, we have had a number of challenges even at the level of Satuk, but we have managed to make some meaningful strides in relation to introducing and adopting gender uh, policies and, and gender equality policies within the, the, the Satuk as an organization. That is going to form basis for all trade unions in the Sadiq region. So COSATU has played a significant and meaningful role uh, in the African continent, but also internationally, on particularly on gender matters. Gender seems to be a strong area in your focus, and you mentioned already that you help deal with the triple challenges that women experience from inequality, poverty, and unemployment. And women's participation in the labor force has important macro as well as economic contributions. But globally, in much of the private sector, women tend to be underpaid in comparison to their male counterparts, Mm -hmm. earning Mm -hmm. on average 23% less than men. They work in lower-ranking roles, and they're overrepresented in the unskilled labor force. What are your views on how we can improve on this picture for women? Uh, It has always also been an issue that COSATU has has been dealing with uh, that's why in our own country we have been vocal and fought for the uh, amendment that spoke to the equal pay for work of equal value because it was the basis of that understanding and the reality that women are paid less than their male counterparts. Now, what we are busy with as a federation is to also assist our uh, uh, sister trade union in the African continent and abroad. I must also say that in terms of our international work as a federation, we have taken it so seriously that uh, in the provinces that we have, five provinces, we have twinned them with countries that we are sharing borders with. Exactly for us to, to be able to share our experiences with them, because what we also understand and appreciate is that women in particular from these uh, countries are coming into our, our board, to our borders, uh, entering South Africa to work as domestic workers or as farm laborers, and they get exploited at the workplace. Some of them, you would find them in the um, hospitality industry where they get more exploited. So it is for that reason that we have even taken the international uh, work very, very seriously because we understand the impact of it to the livelihoods of ourselves, also as South Africans, and particularly workers in this country. And is the message getting out to the public that this is what Kasatu does, this is what 
how it is able to protect the workforce so that people are not unfairly prejudiced or taken advantage of? Well, um, may I agree to a certain extent that uh, people know. And the reason for that is because we do publications. Uh, we have Shop Stewart magazine that will go out. Of course, they will be going out to the workplaces. But also we do uh, 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 share the information through Facebook and all other um, uh, IT-related uh, sites where we're able to share this information. But also what we do, because we understand that workers are members of society, and we also would call a general meetings where even including members of the public at times would attend so that we are able to report on the progress that we are making. Uh, so uh, I may not say 100% that everyone would be aware, but at least we do make these uh, uh, um, publications, including media briefings. But I just must also admit that a lot more needs to be done. You've given us some insight in terms of the objectives of COSATU, spoken about the international relations, looked at the emphasis within the gender space and assisting women. Can you share with us, and I know this is early days, have you got any specific milestones that you want to achieve in COSATU as president? Uh, The milestones that one would, would love to achieve, firstly, it is to see women, as you have quite eloquently quoted uh, the quote that I had made, uh, occupying a strategic position in their trade union and in society. And the reason for that is because women's capacity has always is there, there's no doubt about it. But the reason why women at times uh, are not being seen or coming out, it is because of other hindrances that I would want us to see dealing with it is the issue is the issue of sexual harassment in the workplace and sexual harassment also in the trade unions uh, themselves because that becomes a hindrance to the development of women. So if Kosati can be able to deal with these issues of sexual harassment and sexual violence in the workplace and including in the trade union movement, I think that would have achieved the milestone of also untapping the, the, the leadership that exists within, the, 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 within women themselves. Yes, it provides an enabling environment for them where they can function and, and know that they're safe. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ms. Lozi, being a female leader in Africa sometimes touches on sensitive points like culture, religion, tradition. We've spoken about patriarchy already today. In your experience, do you think that women leaders face different challenges to their male counterparts? Indeed, indeed. Women do face different because there's a lot of expectation. The man society has always uh, created an expectation of what are the roles of women. Uh, also including on the issues that you have mentioned of religion, culture, and which at times can become a hindrance to the development of a woman. So I must admit that those are the issues that women are facing, but they are not uh, the same uh, depending on, on where the person is coming from. So those are the issues that we need to tackle. 
so that the women are not uh, discriminated uh, on the basis of those issues because as we always say that women are no entity they are also human beings and they have a right to be so true staying with the topic of women in leadership i think that building female leadership capacity is incredibly important for the future of women not just in our country our continent but across the world but there don't seem to be many female leaders whether we look at this from a political point of view or from an organization perspective do you think more countries or organizations are ready for female presidents um well, one would say that uh, every country and every organization is ready. The issue that we need to be also dealing with is also uh, uh, to, to, to say that uh, are the uh, environment created conducive for women then match? Because women are there, women are ready to lead. To lead. Now, are the conditions conducive for them to do so? One of the reasons that I'm raising this is because currently we also have challenges as workers where women, when they are expected to go and attend meetings, that will also capacitate them. Those meetings will be convened during odd times where women are expected to play a motherly role to their family. It also brings hindrances to those women in order for them to be capacitated, but also for them to be able to be identified as equally does to men. Now, if we are able to deal with those issues and also address that the issue of taking care of a family cannot be an issue that must be imposed and be expected that it's a responsibility of a man. Because parents, being a parent, it takes both a mother and a father of a child. So once we stop domesticating women, women are there, they are leaders already because they do take care of these households. But if we continue to domesticate them, then we are going to definitely have these challenges that women who are ready to lead are being kept busy uh, behind the, the, the stove. They are being kept busy uh, taking care of the baby, not because there's anything wrong with it, with it, but the challenge is that the time for them to get exposure beca- uh, becomes limited or does not exist at all. Yes, so it's about being able to balance or redistribute what has traditionally been regarded as women's roles, which is generally unpaid labor, and start to share that load within the family environment so that women who want to lead have the opportunity to do so. Exactly, exactly. And also what must, must, must stop is the guilt that is being given to women leaders. You know, at times when we are busy doing the work that we are elected to do, and the time you don't have much time to give to your family, you would realize that people will call you names. People will say that you do not behave like a mother. You know, you have no emotion. You are more acting like a snake that gives birth to its kids and to its eggs and leaves them there, and they will hatch at their own and they, they will, they, you know, then they will walk away. So when society stops making women feeling, to feel guilty for being leaders, uh, it will also help us in embracing women for what they are good at, 
beyond being mothers, but being leaders also. So it, 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 it also has to do with uh, how we are being socialized and also dealing with what is expected by society in defining the roles of women. And quite frankly, society seems to be judging men and women differently. Indeed, indeed. You know, at times you would also realize that once you are elected as a woman, a leader, a society will begin to look at things as to whom have you dated in the past and uh, uh, how many marriages have you had. And they will use that as a measurement of your capacity to lead. But when men are taking leadership positions, none of those issues matter. Even if men are having obscure relationships that are outside the family being married, no one raises it as the issue that also would have to make a determination whether that man is still relevant to lead society. But women are subjected to those issues. And I think that it is important uh, for, for, for society to also respect women for what they are elected to do, measure them in terms of their own capabilities and in terms of the work that they are doing other than what their personal lives are alleged because no uh, person is perfect. And uh, so men and women are no different in how we want to live our lives. But that's got nothing to do with how uh, we lead and the type of leadership uh, capabilities that we possess. You've raised some very important points about having a conducive environment, about adjusting our frame of thinking in terms of socialization and measuring women for their capabilities. How do you think we can, or rather, what do you think is required to build female leadership more appropriately? Well, one is uh, to, to build on what women already have. Uh, because my, my understanding and the experience has been that women are good listeners. And if you are to take that, and women can express themselves, leave alone the fact that at times we are told we are emotional beings. Uh, you know, we show how we feel through emotion. But I think that is a good thing uh, because we are able to deal with issues and, and, and let them pass and continue and move forward. So uh, it's, it's one issue that we already possess. So I think we just need to strengthen what women have. But also, secondly for me, it is also to ensure that uh, where women are, there are projects that are going to allow women to explore those qualities that already exist uh, and give them different roles and responsibilities, build their self-confidence, but also make them to master themselves. You know, mastering and mastering yourself, for me, is very key because people, when they are to identify your weaknesses, they will play on those weaknesses because they understand that your emotions are going to come out. You are no longer going to think like a leader, you are going to think as an individual, and then they are going to collapse you at that time. I think self-mastering is important because once you begin to understand yourself, and you begin to understand your strengths and weaknesses, you know also how to use them 
as you lead uh, your organization. So knowing yourself gives you your strength, how you can defend against the weaknesses that you know and to counter them. Exactly. I'd like to hear your opinion on the value of role models because as you rightly said at the beginning of the show, becoming a pres- pres- first female president of Kosatu, looking at where women are positioned in leadership, these do provide examples for other women to look up to and potentially emulate? Uh, role models are very, very important. And, and But uh, as much as they are very important, our children must also uh, be able to, to understand their own value because many people can be role models to different people. And it depends on the, the type of values that you live up to and you are able to choose your own role model. Uh, But I would say that role models are very, very important, and those that are seen to be role models need to understand that so that they understand the impact that they have towards society uh, and, and what kind of society they want to contribute in building so that they are conscious of their, of their actions they are conscious of what they say and do in public because they would have appreciated what others, be it senior or junior to them, on what they see from them and how they take them as their role model. So being a role model is, 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 is very key and very important, but I think also we need to understand the, in, the impact that we have and the effect that we have in society in building a society that we can be proud of tomorrow and we're able to raise the future generation. Very strong statement. Today we're talking to the newly appointed president of Kosatu, Ms. Zingiswa Lozi. We would love to receive your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Ms. Lozi, we're now coming towards the latter part of the show and one of the questions that I ask all my guests on this program who've made tremendous achievements in their respective fields of expertise is about the factors that have contributed to their success. Some people speak about hard work, others talk about perseverance. In your opinion, what have been some of the key drivers to your success? For me, uh, it has been, as I've alluded to, the issue of mastering myself, understanding myself, and 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 also uh, the issue of uh, perseverance, uh, endurance, you know, uh, and also being able to separate myself from my work. And I take that as part of mastering myself. Because what has kept me going through all the challenges that I have been confronted with in my career, in this line of work that I have been doing, that is male-dominated. There were many potholes on the way. But what has kept me uh, going was the issue of being able to separate myself from the position that I occupy. Because that has enable me not to be emotional and because at that time I understood that as people deal with issues you can view them to be so personal 
and they can defend themselves that these issues are organizational issues and you have a right to discuss them. And once you take them personal, you can become emotional because now you are directing them to yourself as a person. But if you are able to separate yourself from the position, you are able to be objective about what is being raised and you will be able to lead because by the time you resolve that issue, you will still remain as a leader that will still be able to lead those that have a different view from you. So that is what has kept me going uh, for all the years that I have been a leader in the, in the Federation uh, and also as a woman that has been under a lot of attack, but I have managed to rise above, above those because those were the three pillars that I have lived by. Those are great pieces of advice, especially the ability to distance yourself from your work so that your identity doesn't get lost and um, convoluted as you keep this separatedness between work and yourself. Can you share with us who have been some of the strong women in your life? Oh, yes. My mother. My mother... She passed on on the 20th of April this year, and today is her birthday. She was 80 years of age. Uh, she has been a strong pillar and a role model for me. You know, uh, as I grew up, when I was going through many things, my mom would be firm, but also tell me, you know, in, in a voice of a mother that is full of love, that uh, you must be able to toughen up. The world is not going to play according to your feelings and how you want things to be. Stand up for yourself, uh, but also do not distance yourself from the people that you live with. Because in, when you do that, you will not understand how people think and how people view yourself. So by being closer to them, that will help you to understand them better. And when you respond to issues and, you, and you, you, you react to them, you react with them understanding where they are standing on many issues. So she has been quite a role model for me. And, you know, uh, yesterday when I was duly elected as the president of the Federation, I gave that honor to my mother uh, because had she not been tougher to me, had she not been honest with me on how life is and that life owes me nothing. It is up to me to shape myself and the fact that as a person you must have your own foundation that you are basing your life on so that when everything else does not go right, you must go back to that center where you are going to find yourself. Go back to your foundation because once you build a strong foundation for yourself, Nothing that comes will ever shake you to really collapse, but you shall all the time rise, despite the challenges that are confronting you. Well, your achievement, especially in this period of her birthday month and, and birthday day, is, is a wonderful way of, of being able to honor her. Yes, indeed. Can you tell us... A little bit more about some of the pivotal moments in your life growing up. Um, well, as I grew up, you know, for me, it was the experiences that I had growing up in a family that was uh, involved in politics. 
And uh, that led me to not necessarily enjoy. I felt that I, I could not enjoy my days of being a, a person because um, I got to be introduced into the politics right at the age of 10. And uh, and that has been one of the the, 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 the the areas of my life where I think at times as much as uh, one would have looked back earlier than now and said, I wish I could have been like other kids to be able to play around and not having to worry about a police invasion in your home. But today when I look at that, I think it is what led me to be where I am today. Uh, and 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 also for me, it is um, the issue of um, how women have, um, particularly women uh, that I've lived with, how they have managed to uh, go through many diff- difficult uh, areas in their lives, but uh, they emerged every time successfully. And without men in their life, men came, men left for different reasons. But those women have remained to keep their families and their children uh, still intact. So I've learned a lot from such, and uh, those are very, very critical uh, uh, moments in my life that I, I really cherish. And what would you say had the biggest impact on you? to become the person you are today. You've, you've mentioned growing up in a political family. You've mentioned the induction into politics at a young age of, of 10 years old. What other impacts have there been? Uh, I think the one other issue is what one has had to go through in my work life, even before I really came into the, the trade union politics. When I started working in the South African National Defense Force just after 1994, what I had to deal with regards to racism in the workplace, where I was stationed in Bloemfontein uh, in the Free State, I had to deal with racism where white men believed that uh, the new democratic dispensation is not for them and it is for us and that president, Nelson Mandela, is not their president. But beyond that, it is how they treated me at the time, because I was the only female person, African, in that department. So I was, I was really given an attitude where I had to feel that I do not belong in that office that was male-dominated, as I was the only female and African at that time. And when I dealt with issues, when I had my first baby, uh, and I had to bring a request to bring my child to Bloomfontein because home is Port Elizabeth, after I had given birth, and having gone through all those processes, and it was agreed that indeed I can bring my daughter. And when I brought my child, and I was standing for inspection, as I would do, 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, we stand for inspection in the military base, and when the surgeon of the base came and saw my child, he pretended to be a loving person towards the kid. But later, I was given an instruction that I only have a week to see to it that my child has gone back 
to my parents' home in Port Elizabeth, and also some of those that complained, they said if her child can come and live with her in the military base, then it's equal to us that we can also bring our dogs to come and live with us in the military base. So that made me understand that if here in this country, as a woman, you don't stand up for your own rights, no one will. So it has kept me uh, going because as much as I had to comply because I was in the military and the politics are not allowed in the military, particularly at that time when there was not even a trade union. So I had to comply with the order of returning my child back home. But I had to leave with the issue of being discriminated, not only based on gender, but only based on my race, because I was a black woman having given birth to a child, a single parent that was not allowed to be able to bond with her baby. So those were the very close experiences for me that had led me to continue to endure and persevere and think it was also one of the building blocks of my character that has led me to be where I am today. Ms. Lozzi, now in closing the conversation today, could you please share a few words of inspiration or wisdom that you'd like to pass on to other women in Africa that are listening to us? I would like to say to women in Africa that uh, never allow people to tell you what you can and you cannot do. Never allow other people to set limits for you. When you begin to understand yourself, you will begin to appreciate the strength that you have within yourself. The only thing that you need to do is to tap into that ability, is to tap into that strength, build on it, ensure that whatever goals that you have for yourself, nothing is impossible and you shall achieve. Be focused. Never let anyone to tell you that you can't. And I always say, even if you are in a marriage and you are a woman leader, Do not let that marriage define what you can and you cannot do. You would regret tomorrow and say, I had wasted my time here. Had I remained in the marriage, but also, uh, you know, continued to explore the potential that I have and what I love doing, you would not have been frustrated when the other part of your life does not work out. So the reason why I'm raising this regarding marriage, it is because in our culture, as African women, we are always told that we must be submissive. We must uh, give all but receive less. We are told that we can only be good women when we really give everything to our partners and our in-laws. And they take everything at times, not all of them, and they leave us only with scars that, we, that reflect at times what we have lived and we normally take those scars, depending how strong you are and the will that you have to continue, and think that it is who we are. It defines 
who we are. Let's embrace those scars because they can only tell the journey that we have traveled. And if we embrace those, we will be able to say they reflect the warrior that I am because no warrior will go to law and come back not start. So let us embrace those, those scars that we have, be it physical, be it emotional, but let's make the best out of it because every woman has a potential to succeed. We must just work together, be united, because there is more that can unite us as women than what can divide us. Thank you for that powerful message, so inspiring and so real. It's been a pleasure having you on our show today. Thank you very much for having me. We wish you all the very, very best in your current appointment and role as president of Kosatu and look forward to featuring you on our program again once you've managed to get into the role and, and, and start embracing it. Thank you very much. It will be a pleasure for me. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to newly appointed president of Kasatu, Miss Singiswa Lozi. Thank you.